Hello. 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 Hello, my good people. Hello. Hello. Hi. Hi. Hello and welcome. <laughs> <laughs> we can never quite get that thing fully smooth. We can never quite. Is that a little bit better? Yeah. Uh, well, one day, one day after being on air for like four years, we'll finally have a smooth intro. But today is not that day. <laughs> no. Because it's not smooth out there. Hello. Stay safe, Winnipeg. There's some sort of water in some form on the ground, and therefore people don't know how to drive. That is correct. So that's something that we're all struggling with. It's a, it's a lovely thing. But you know what is actually lovely? is video games. It's raining outside, which means it's a perfect day to spend inside playing video games. I don't care that you just started your new semester, <laughs> and you probably have better things to do for your career. No, 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 no. You know how many games are to play right now? So many! Play them. So many. And we'll tell you about them, and then we'll tell you what to think, because that's what we do here. We tell you what to think and how to feel, and then you follow us religiously. Is that not what happens? I yeah, think that's what much. happens. Yeah, okay, good. You guys were looking at me like, that's not exactly what happens. I thought, that's, that's exactly what happens. No, that could be the new like, thing that will happen from yeah. now on. Yeah. You're I mean, not supposed to tell them that. Sorry, yeah, it was supposed to be subliminal messages. They're not catching, like, our drink Coca-Cola messages. <laughs> <laughs> it's subtle throughout our intro and extra sequences. Yes. All right, so we have another Power Hour episode generously donated to us. The second half of the hour has been generously donated to us by the TV Talkers people, the good folks at TV Talkers. That would be a good time for a jingle right there, but I couldn't think of one for TV Talkers off the top of my head. But that does mean that you get a full hour of Game Over, the premier video game show hosted by two brothers and one other third guy. That's been a while since I had to do the full thing. Yeah, yeah. Only on uh, 101.5. Only live on <laughs> 101.5 UMFM and not live on various other podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, wherever else you get your podcasts, including UMFM.com, which would probably be the best place to listen to it, considering they're hosting us. God bless them. <sighs> okay, now that I've got that out of the way. By the way, like us on Facebook, not GameOver.com. Not going to make that mistake again after making it like four times just last week. Uh <laughs> I'm sure whoever, whoever has that domain are lovely people, yeah. and you can go and support them, too. They but probably they are, are. But they are not us. They are not us. That's right. Uh, but like us on Facebook, Facebook.com slash GameOverUMFM, where you can find the updates on what exactly is going on. Okay, I think I've got just about all of it out of the way, and uh, now we can actually start talking Vigigame news. Now, there's been a lot of news that's happened in the past week. Uh, there's a big, meaty... Um, Nintendo Direct dropped the past couple days. Had a little bit of Pokemon news. Basically nothing on Fire Emblem. I mean, it technically was something Fire Emblem, but it looked terrible, so I'm going to borderline ignore it. And uh, But there's been, yeah, a, a few other little bits and bobbles of news. A little Switch game you may have heard of called Astral Chain came out as getting fabulous reviews. I believe it's from the Bayonetta people. So I if you so. like that style of combat where it's just over-the-top flashy... Uh, what does the girlfriend reviews person say? Diarrhea Christmas lights? <laughs> yeah. If you like diarrhea Christmas lights style battles. With mechs. With mechs. With mechs? Yeah, I think the idea is the chain is that you have a main character and then you, you get mechs who are attached to you, like, like a tether. Oh, yes. And so you can yeah, kind of control more than one of them yeah. at a time. Yes. So uh, if yeah, that's Platinum what games, do, that's the band out of people. Yeah, definitely. Okay, so with that... I mean, I don't know what have either of you guys. You, neither of you have played. I'm assuming Adam hasn't played because I've had the Switch. But Matt, have you played Astral Chain? No, I haven't. Do you have any intention of playing Astral Chain? I should ask. I mean, the reviews help that, but still, probably not. It looks like a really great game in a genre that I'm honestly just not that interested in. Yeah, that's exactly that's exactly how I feel. I, I feel bad because I want to support new IP, and to my knowledge, it's a brand new IP. Mm-hmm. Like it's not, it's not a sequel, it's not a rip off, it's nothing. It's brand new, and I want to support that, but it's just not the genre that I'm super into. So again, it might be like a 
uh, Switch is prone to summer sales, just like Steam is. So that that and a couple of these uh, Nintendo Direct games that we're going to talk about shortly might be what we talk about. Like, hey, it's 40% off on the Switch store. So, you know, what? I'll mm-hmm. buy it then. Yeah. But in the meantime, not so much. Okay, so <laughs> we're going to have an update to a story from like four months ago where we have some serious egg on our face. They released the DLC for Mortal Kombat. They've announced all of them. And I'm trying. Yeah, here we go. I finally got a list. So we have the first one was Shang Tsung. Shang Tsung, right. who has all the ninjas trapped inside of him. Right. Put the souls of all the ninjas trapped inside of him. So if you wanted the ninja, he's stuck in Shang Tsung. Nightwolf also is already there. Both of those are already out now. Uh, Nightwolf, we expected. He's a classic of Mortal Kombat. Yeah. He's back. Sure. Then we start to get a little kooky. October 8th, Terminator T-800 is coming out. That's the one that looks like Arnold Schwarzenegger. And in the uh, video and in the game, it does indeed look like Arnold Schwarzenegger. I think I've watched one Terminator movie, which to people out there who love Terminator is probably absolute blasphemy. I don't think I've watched any. But I'm pretty sure there's a new one coming out. I'm fairly sure. There's a new one coming out. They've been coming out fairly recent, like um, often in the last yeah. several years. Yeah, I'm, pr- I'm pretty sure there's a new one coming out like within the next year or so. So that uh, makes sense. There's that's one coming out. either out already or out this year called Dark Fate. That's oh, yeah. Terminator with Dark with Fate. old Sarah Connor, Linda Hamilton's back. Yes, and yeah. I believe Arnold is back too, which is why he's mm-hmm. in the game. So there you go. You get, if you're a big fan of Terminator, Terminator is coming, or more precisely, Arnold is coming. Because I kind of, hopefully there's another skin that makes the Terminator more look more like the metal Terminator yeah. instead of just Arnold with a gun. You'd have to. Yeah. Surely. Or maybe, like, as they get damaged, the face slowly falls off or That'd something cool. like that. That would be really cool. I feel like the, the metal Terminator look is just as iconic as Arnold at this point. Definitely. Yeah. Definitely. Especially old Arnold face. Because mm-hmm. if he's a Terminator, why does he age? Yes. Hmm. Anyway, uh, next up, November 26th, Sindel is okay. coming out. Make of that what you will. Yeah. I'm sure there are some hardcore Sindel fans out there, but with absolute respect to Sindel and Nightwish, because these last two characters that we're going to talk about... Nightwolf, sorry. What did I say? <laughs> you said Nightwish, the band. Ah, was that, well, with respect to Nightwish, too. With respect to Nightwolf, Sindel, and Nightwish, uh, there are a few characters that people are clamoring. Number one was Melina, obviously. Like, the yeah. Melina fans are legion. I'm a little surprised they put Sindel or Melina or this. They're stopping it there. This is going to be, I believe, it's the lowest amount of um, characters in a Mortal Kombat game in the last three since oh. the revival, I think. Both Mortal Kombat 9 and 10 had more than 11 will. Okay. So make of that what you will. I don't know. Adam, are you super excited for Sindel? Not really. I mean, I'm, in the sense that, like... I don't know if it's going to make me pick up the game again, because I haven't touched it in a while. That's the thing. I, if Sindel was a roster fighter, I would have zero problem with it, because it's yeah. like, yeah, totally. But if it's DLC, it's like a DLC character should be the kind of character that you go back to play it. Yeah. And I've seen people who are diehard Nightwolf fans. I'm not one of them, um, but I've seen them on Reddit they and things. Exist. I haven't seen really anybody who's like, man, Sindel, I want the person who killed all the main characters in Mortal Kombat 9 spoilers. Yeah. I haven't seen that, that. out yeah. there. I've seen a lot for Melina, and I've seen a lot for a few other characters. I haven't seen that for Sindel, but maybe uh, her gameplay will be so radically different that that's the reason they came in. Yeah, maybe when I jump into Mortal Kombat for the first time, I'll pick them as my favorite, just so I can be different. <laughs> <laughs> just so you can come on in. You can be like, Sindel was my favorite all <laughs> Okay, uh, January 28th, which feels a little bit late considering when the movie's coming out. Joker, specifically the Joaquin Phoenix-looking Joker, is coming out. 
Uh, There's been a Joker before, hasn't there? Or am I thinking of Mortal Kombat versus DC Universe? Mortal Kombat versus DC Universe, and you're also thinking of Injustice. So, right. Uh, a couple yeah. of Mortal Kombat characters popped into Injustice briefly, and then, in, but Injustice they don't really kill each other. So it'll be interesting to see what Joker will look like when they can go full, all-out murder. Because to my knowledge, there also hasn't been a movie version of the Joker that was fully rated R. I don't right? think so. No, I don't think so. And Dark even, Knight was pretty much as close as it got. Yeah, yeah and even the uh, the cartoon wasn't rated R. So really, all, the comic books are the only time the Joker can get really gory. Mm-hmm. But the new movie's rated R, and it's gotten fabulous reviews. So I'm interested to see how that goes. It's just that if you watch the movie... He doesn't look like much of a fighter. Yeah. You know, like Joaquin Phoenix, he's an incredible actor. Yeah. One of the best alive today, I think. But he lost 50 pounds for that role, and he looks so gaunt. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's like when I look at him, I'm like, yeah, I'd pick him in a fight against the ninja. You know? Yeah. Like, <laughs> so I'd pick much. him in a fight against me, <laughs> not much more. Yeah. yeah. Him, T-800, it's a fair fight. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Or particularly uh, the next person, uh, this is the one I'm super excited about, because I've loved this character for... Uh, a decade and a half now. Spawn! Spawn oh, yes. is coming to the game March 17th. That's quite a ways away, and it might be just long enough for them to announce some sort of Spawn movie because the rumors of that Todd McFarlane has been trying to get that made for forever. Um, but loved the... I mean, I wouldn't say loved, but have fond memories of the old Spawn movie, the live-action one with Michael J. White yeah. and John Leguizamo, and loved the uh, Spawn cartoon. Oh, yeah. So, great character. Was a lock for Mortal Kombat for a decade Makes total sense. Yes. I'm hoping for the movie. Mm-hmm. I, yeah. I, I, want, I want another. I hope for the movie, too. Yeah. Yeah. But yes, you know, you're right. Very fun memories, of, of particularly of John Leguizamo. Yeah. <laughs> John Leguizamo was very much clown was hilarious. Uh, but, I mean, I don't know if, Matt, if you have any experience with Spawn um, or with Mortal Kombat. Like, so only really is... by reputation. I've played, I'd say, less than a handful of rounds of Mortal Kombat in my life. Yes. So, and you haven't seen the Spawn movie or the TV show? No, I haven't. Okay. So uh, this is all like completely out of my realm. He's basically sort of like an archangel, but a demon is how I would describe it. Like, he's hell spawn, literally. Yeah, I know yeah. that. But that's... oh, I'm sorry, I'm familiar with Spawn the character. Okay, I've just okay. never seen any of this stuff. Got it. Okay. So you, okay, so you know his power set, and you know that he's gory. Generally, yeah, <laughs> very gory. <laughs> so it should be a lock for Mortal Kombat. I'm really excited. So I mean, it's like didn't get any of the Mortal Kombat characters that I was necessarily super looking forward to. Did get Spawn. Take Samuel Leaf song, and apparently Ed Boon tweeted out that the uh, Joker is going to surprise a lot of people in the game. So I'm betting they have some some gnarly stuff. I mean, that's kind of his job. He is the hype man, like <laughs> <laughs> he's the creative director. But also, like I, I would trust Ed Boon not to lead me astray. I mean, he's one of the the last like and we're going to talk about another one in a second here. He's one of like the last titans of of gaming industry from like the last thirty years that's still going. Oh, you know. Sure. Actually, we'll move on right from uh, the Mortal Kombat news. We're going to talk about the Nintendo Direct for probably the bulk of the show. But I do want to shout out, I don't know if, I mean, he's a bit of a polarizing figure, so I don't know if people out there, or even if you guys in the room, ever listened to it. But as a famous podcast, probably the most famous podcast, the Joe Rogan podcast, and he had John Carmack on. I don't know if you guys know who John Carmack is. I talked to Matt. I do now. I don't know if you know who he is, Adam. I know he's a video game person. You probably know the name. So he's one of the co-founders of id. That's it. So he created... Right, the two Johns. Exactly. Uh, John Carmack and John Romero. That's right. So he created Wolfenstein, Doom, Quake. And he's, again, as... I'll quote Joe in this case. uh, If there was a Mount Rushmore of video games, he would be one of the heads. 
Yeah. He absolutely would be. I can think of like Will Wright would probably be. Honestly, Ed Boon wouldn't even be that far away. Ben Boon might be the Ben Franklin where he's not <laughs> on the mountain, but he was still crucial to the but story. But if like you ask people to name the four heads, 30% are going to put him on there. I think that's actually. Yeah. And everyone would be surprised that yeah. there's never actually a president. Yes, you know? exactly. That's the most perfect metaphor I've ever come up <laughs> with. I'm so proud. Yeah, we're going to go with that. Anyway, so uh, there's a very interesting conversation that he has. Uh, they sort of bounce off a bunch of things because, of course, he developed or he co-founded it and he developed all these famous games. And then once he when he left it, and now he's the CTO, so I believe that's Chief Technology Officer, I think, of Oculus. So he's responsible for the Oculus Rift or the the new one's called the Oculus Quest, which sounds very interesting. Apparently, it's not much bigger than like large goggles, basically. Um, and so, yeah, he talked a lot about VR. Have either of you ever done VR? Nope. Never seriously. I've d- I did like a little demo at Best Buy once, but I've never actually fully played a game. Yeah, I think I I did a demo at Comic-Con one time where you just put on a VR and it takes you like through a little, you know, you're basically walking down the street after yeah. it's had some sort of apocalypse thing. That was my entire experience with VR. And honestly, that's really all I needed. But kind of listening to John talk about VR, I mean, first of all, he has a lot of cool stories about the development of of Doom and about Quake and how he was the guy who was really pushing for source code to be released because basically they discovered that fans loved these games so much in the early days that they were trying to, like, hack the game and do early mods, like change uh, the Nazis and Wolfenstein to be Barney, stuff like that. (laughs) And so he was like, we'll just release the source code, people can do whatever mods they want, and it'll help make the games have a longer lifespan and basically the way they developed games from then on is the way he described it is if it has a processor a 32-bit processor and a screen it can play doom doom is that open source so he's like that was a little bit controversial at the time why do you give away your product for free and they basically wait until they had the next game and then reached the previous game but he's like and it was absolutely true it made me think doom is now literally pun intended because of the new game coming out eternal yeah. If ever there is something with a screen for a hundred years, there will be Doom on it. I guarantee. Someone will put Doom on it. Mm-hmm. And that's Someone has modded one of their like LG smart fridges and played Doom on <laughs> it. I'm sure. Yes. Yeah, I have no doubts. Or you know, you occasionally see really stupid stuff like that where someone gets Doom on a calculator. Yeah. yeah. You know, it's ridiculous. So, on one hand, that was a really gutsy decision back in the early '90s to give away your game for free, essentially. But now he's, I mean, it. it History has shown that it was the right call. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So even if you're not super interested in it, I would. Even if you're not super interested in the rest of the Joe Rogan stuff, I would listen, recommend listening to that podcast if you're a fan of video games because it's cool to hear him talk. Yeah. You sent you sent it to me and I saw it and it was two hours and I was like, oh, okay, I'll watch like <laughs> 10, 15 minutes, sort of get a sense. I finished watching the whole two hour thing on the way here because yeah. it's so interesting. Yeah. It it they talk about all kinds of stuff outside of video games too. Yeah. You know, like Tesla's and like supercharging Ferraris and like rockets and space tourism. They go like all over the place. It's so interesting. This is actually a very good thing to talk about. It's so interesting to hear someone like John talk because when we talk, I mean, Adam, you're a computer scientist, Yeah. but as you're describe yourself, you're a software guy, not a hardware guy. Yes. Whereas this guy is clearly a genius at both. And so when he's talking about things, you just get a, a sense of, this is a guy who has fully integrated all this knowledge into his person, and now he can, like, throw it out at you in a way that makes sense that very few people on this earth 
honestly could. Like when he was, what's it called? Moore's Law, I believe? Yes. I think so. It's how technology Computer can get smaller pro- and smaller. Computer power basically doubles every 18 months. Yeah, so he yeah. he blew Joe's mind, my mind, I assume, Matt, your mind, when he was talking about how Moore's Law is going to end with computers shortly because they're getting smaller and smaller to the point where wires that they use on microchips are a matter of atoms long. Yes. And if they get too small, then they won't fire properly. So they're about we're about to hit the end of Moore's Law. Yep. That was, like, crazy for him to explain <laughs> that, because I'm not a computer scientist. I have no idea what's going on. Yeah, I know. That's, that's a thing that I'd heard about a couple of years ago. And yeah, it's, it's kind of nuts. It's also kind of nuts how long, because that's a pretty specific prediction. It roughly doubles every 18 months. And that's been true for, like, 20-odd years. Yeah. Probably more. And, yeah, so it's, it's, it's really interesting to see that we're coming to the end of it. And, well, it, like, it'd be interesting to see if quantum computing actually yeah. establishes itself as a thing that normal people can use yeah absolutely and even talk about some things that i never even thought about it and i do have a question for you guys at the end of this too uh is that people like one of the most common applications for use on vr was netflix and i was like netflix why wouldn't you just watch it on tv well okay maybe if you don't have a nice theater system he described it if you're living in like a small place in tokyo or something and your hotel room or your apartment is basically a small box you throw on these headsets and now you're in like a big studio apartment or you're in a big movie theater or you can watch stuff and then see the avatar of your friend who's across the world next to you while you're watching netflix i was like i've never even thought about that huh. and that is so cool that's a neat idea and last but not least, what I want to get your opinion on is they were debating, and Matt, of course, you would know this if you heard it, hmm. as to how small something would get if for you to actually use it basically in your daily life. So they agreed everyone would wear VR all the time basically if it was Tony Stark's sunglasses. So yeah. if it's sunglasses, we all do it. But where's the line? I is mean, it... Google Glass tried that. And that didn't go so well for them. Well, yeah, but that was, I mean, that was, I think... That wasn't quite VR. That's true. That was AR. Yeah. VR. yeah. Whereas yeah. this is trying to be more true VR. So they were talking, what if it was goggle or even large ski goggle sized? Would that be something that you do in your daily life? So before I reveal John's opinion, which, again, Matt already knows, Adam, I'm curious where you guys were. Adam, where, what do you think? What would it take for you to put on a VR headset? I mean, it has a camera, right? Yeah. It, it's... That's one of the big things that I didn't even realize. They have a camera to the outside world, so you're not just stumbling around <laughs> randomly. <laughs> um, I, I don't know. I think I'd probably have to, it'd have to be Tony Stark. Yeah, you d- you need to take it all the way to the yeah. sunglasses. Yeah, I, it would have to be almost seamless. Like there's there's certain things you can get used to, right? Like you can, well, I mean, with enough exposure, you can get used to almost anything. Mm-hmm. But if I'm going to be like picking up and doing this daily, yeah, it, it's I have to basically not notice. All right, Matt, what about you? Um, I'm, I think I'm kind of similar. If I'm, like, going outside with this, I basically want it to look like glasses when it's not in use. Yeah. yeah. I'm, I'm, so, I mean, sort of like where John Carmack was at. I don't want the shoebox on a head look. Yes, exactly. <laughs> you know, just walking on my way to work. That's what was so interesting. I agree with you guys. I think it would take the full sunglasses for me to get there, too. And I was almost surprised that someone who is you know, neck deep in this industry took such a pragmatic approach to it. He was like, honestly, because Joe was basically asking, like, are we going to get to the point where it's like Ready Player One where you're walking around and people don't want to be in their own world? And he's like, no, people don't want to do that. Unless it's like sunglasses sites, which you probably will never get to. Yeah. People won't do it. I don't think there's any risk of that. It was so interesting to see the person who would probably be the best person on planet Earth to ask that question. Yeah. Be like, no, it's not going to happen. That was really fascinating. The last thing that I want to talk about from that podcast was... Because it neatly wraps in with, I don't know if you guys have watched the show on Netflix, Patriot Act. No. I've watched a few episodes. It's by, it's quite good. That's by Hassan Minaj, I believe his name is. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he did an episode a little while ago on the video game industry. 
and specifically the horrible working conditions some AAA developers put their employees through, as well as numerous uh, sexual harassment cases going on. And basically, the his conclusion was that video game industry workers should try to unionize. So this was brought up with John Carmack, who, again, has never had to work in a major developer. He's always been a very successful, almost indie developer, I should say. Um, but he basically said some works of art, if the people are signing on to do it, if they're working that job, they're kind of signing up to throw them at something bigger that could never get done if they didn't work these ludicrous hours. So he was basically saying, if you're in this industry, you're sacrificing yourself for the art. That's a really... He spent like 10 minutes explaining that point. Yeah. So by all means, listen to the podcast if you want to get the full rendition of it. But I thought that was such a stark contrast to what we're hearing lately. What do you guys think of that almost... I don't want to say it's like building a pyramid, but it's kind of that idea. It's like if you do this, prepare to do insane things for stuff that people have never seen before. Matt, what did you uh, what did you think when you explaining? I mean, I disagreed pretty strongly with him. I see where he's coming from, mm-hmm. but he is one of the visionaries. Yeah, you know, he said his you know his production in a day starts to drop off after a thirteen hour workday. Yeah. yeah, I don't think that's something that anyone should be you know forcing on someone else. Um, and you know th- what he said, which almost makes sense, but I don't, I never really like it. Um, just say like, Oh, you know, people choose to have these jobs, mm-hmm. you know, like they could choose to do something else. And it's like, yes, they choose to have this job, but once they've got it, they can't just quit and go do something else. You know, people have yeah. to pay for houses. People have kids, people yeah. have spouses that like rely like on the money that's coming in from this job. Yeah. And it's you know, he's in a sort of a privileged spot as being one of the visionaries. Yeah. You know, he was able to do that back in the day, but that's because he was always, you know, one of the big name people. Yeah. Where, you know, Joe Programmer, uh, it's just not a realistic option to say, hey, if you don't want to do this, like, there's the door. Mm-hmm. Adam, what do you think? Yeah, no, I, I'm totally with Matt on this one. I think that is, like, with, with all due respect to John, I think he's kind of got his head up his butt on this one. Um, and that like it's because it's a thing like because as you know I watch a lot of Jim Sterling and this is the thing he talks about all the time mm-hmm. it's that the video game like yes you are creating art but it's a business mm-hmm. and it has to have business like working conditions and regulations and as long as people like John and everyone like the higher ups keep pushing this art thing they get to keep getting away with abusing their workers yeah um, like now, the 13-hour workday is one problem, but, of course, the other rampant thing is just people who are expected to work for free for exposure. That's rampant in the video game industry. And so, yeah, no, uh, I, like, I, I don't agree with him at all. Yeah, I'll make it a three-peat. I was, I was listening to that. I was cringing a little bit, as I was, and especially when he had this one story that he told about his friend. I'm just going to call him Brian because I can't remember the name that he used in the thing, but he was like, well, then the rest of us were working like 13-hour days past midnight or whatever, and then, you know, but Brian had a family, and so he went home, but he was, since he was so spectacular, we always understood that he's making his contributions, and that's what he said. It was like, if they understand that you're making your contributions, I can't imagine them getting rid of you. I'm like, I don't think that's... I can imagine that very easily. Yeah, I can't imagine that at all, so yeah, that was the one bit of it I I thought we should touch on because I, too, agree. I thought he sounded very out of touch in that part, and I kind of wished that joe as the interview had pushed him just a little bit more especially i mean obviously he doesn't have his head to the gaming industry kind of or his uh, ear to the gaming industry like we do but that's been such a big issue over the past i don't know 18 months it's always been a big issue i would imagine but it yeah. seems like it's spiked up where in the past 18 months every few months there's a big 
another big scandal where it's like, hey, right. we're working like 80-hour weeks, you know? Yeah, and basically, no company is safe, even your precious CD Projekt Red. Yeah. Yeah, that's not good either. <laughs> that, that's the problem. It's like, how do you separate the fact that this was probably, it's not a cruelty-free game? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know exactly. I mean? <laughs> it's like that the thing at the end of movies, right? No animals were harmed in the making of this motion picture. Yeah. Yeah, you can't say that about any video game. Yeah, I mean, it would be nice if things are more transparent, and that's why like, I haven't heard anything about either the Spider-Man people or the God of War people, and I think it might be because those two companies, Insomniac and Santa Monica, are extremely transparent, and their um, their workers are very vocal on social media and stuff like that, that maybe that's the key, that they're just making, that they don't have to work so hard because they're getting word of mouth on their games and they're getting that marketing that way. I, I have yeah. no idea. It's tough to find a game where no one was exploited in the making of the game, and that's really sad to say in 2019. Yes, we got to start some fair trade developers. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> All the proceeds from this go to authentic Colombian game farmers. <laughs> <laughs> they were out there working the fields. Go to support those San Francisco Harvesting programmers. Exactly. Okay, so I'm gonna. We're probably gonna spend the entire second half of the show talking about the Nintendo Direct. But before then, one last bit of non-Nintendo news. There's the rumor, and I, it's. I would imagine it's relatively legit because I saw it retweeted by Corey Barlog of God of War fame that Sony is developing. PlayStation All-Stars 2. And the full name of the first one was PlayStation All-Stars Battle Royale. Now, of course, that name has a totally different meaning now. Yes. You couldn't just throw Battle Royale into a title in 2019. But I'm kind of curious, where do you guys think? With the, I mean, the first one wasn't a huge success. I got it. It was pretty fun for a little bit. But uh, what char- first of all, are you interested in this game? And second of all, what characters from modern Sony do you think would get in there? I think there's a couple locks. Uh, Matt, did you play the first one? Uh, a little bit. One of my friends bought it. I went over and played it a handful of times. Mm-hmm. It was okay. It's sort of... Uh, any sort of fighting game like that, sort of unfortunately for those games, goes up super against Super Smash Bros. Yeah. yeah. And so we'd be playing it, and it's like, well, why don't we just play Smash Bros? Yeah. It's yeah, like exactly. store brand Smash Bros. Yeah. It, yeah. It was kind of no-name yeah, Smash. Yeah, exactly. No, <laughs> like, it, it was fine, but yeah. unremarkable. I think the... Part of the genius of Super Smash Bros. is a lot of those characters are really unleashed in that game, whereas they have abilities in that game that maybe they were implied in their own games like the Pokemon, mm-hmm. or they just couldn't do in their regular games. Whereas in the PlayStation All-Stars one, it was most of these pl- game, most of these characters come from action games, so they're actually being restricted to come into this game. Like, I know Kratos was in that, and it's like, my... I mean, obviously, the updated Kratos would be in the new one. But his suite of attacks was dramatically reduced yeah. in PlayStation All-Stars. I was thinking Kratos, obviously, probably, honestly, Spider-Man, Yeah. right? Yeah. Uh, they would probably find a way to make that work. And I'm blanking on her name, but from um, the red-haired girl from the other... Oh, Sony Aloy. Game. Aloy, that's the one. Oh, Thank you for Verizon. totally bailing me out. Yeah, she'd be another lock in there, too, right? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I would assume so. Yeah, and I, I think, I mean, Nathan Drake would obviously be back, and they'd try to throw in a bunch of other ones. But, I mean, going up against Smash Bros. now... We're going to talk about in a second, but they have so many characters that aren't Nintendo characters now. So it's like, it's not just Sony characters versus Nintendo characters. It's Sony characters versus... The world. The world. (laughs) Nintendo has spent 20 years gathering to be in their own Super Smash Bros. Ultimate. It's ludicrous, the roster that Super Smash Bros. has. So, it's I mean... Yeah, because I I was about to compare it to, you know... um, I can't remember who 
releases the Battlefield series, but it's essentially comparing that to going up against Call of Duty. But it's actually much worse mm-hmm. <laughs> because, like, Call of Duty just... I mean, that, that, that the audience that wants Call of Duty is just going to play Call of Duty. But, yeah, as you say, Nintendo spent two decades on this. They have a ridiculous roster. Like, don't even try. And they got Sakurai. Like, he's the, he's the key to everything. Because yeah. similar... I guess his closest comparison, this is a weird one, is Kevin Feige, where it's like, other people have tried, but only this one person seems to be able to do this thing this well. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? And that's why Nintendo, I mean, we're going to talk about it in a second, they seem to have Sakurai's family locked up in a cage or something <laughs> like that. I don't know how they get him to keep working, but they still do. It's remarkable. He made a couple references in the Nintendo Direct to like... Oh boy, we're still going. Like, <laughs> you guys really want it, so I guess we'll do it. <laughs> I love Didn't seem so super happy children. about it. Yeah, man, like, what they must be paying. <laughs> it's just, or they must say, like, please just do this and you'll get carte blanche on whatever you want to do next. You know, like we owe you so much. Okay, so we're going to talk about the big Nintendo Direct coming up, but before then, we're going to pay some bills. Here's a commercial. We'll be back at you in one minute. Welcome back. It is not your regular scheduled TV talkers. They will be returning next week to talk about... I don't know if I can prep it because I'm really excited. We're going to be talking about the new Dark Crystal series. We just needed a week to handle it. Um, But yeah, I I don't even know if I've seen the 80s movie. I might have to watch the 80s movie before I watch the new one. But yeah, it's it's a new series we're going to be talking about next week on TV talkers. But this week, we're going to be keeping up the gaming news on a power episode of Game Over. Now, uh, as we just mentioned before the break, a Nintendo Direct, I didn't even see much news about it. In fact, I was just driving home one day and Matt sent me a snap of it, and I'm like, wait, what? (laughs) What's going on, guys? I didn't hear much about it either. I saw a thing on YouTube that was like, Nintendo Direct, start streaming in like, you know, what, two hours or something at that point. There wasn't a whole lot of lead up into it. Yeah. It did kind of come out of nowhere, and it honestly, I mean, it felt like, they had enough small news that warranted releasing a huge direct or like a 40 minute direct, but there wasn't, I mean, I guess maybe the Smash Bros news, but there wasn't really the one like headliner. Mm-hmm. Like usually it's, hey, there's going to be a bunch of small things and then, oh my God, they're going to announce a new Pokemon game or something like that. Yeah. Nothing really like that happened in the direct, but I think there was enough small news that whatever itch you wanted to scratch probably got scratched. So it started off with, uh, and by the way, feel free to interrupt me at any moment if there's something that I'm, if there's a game that I mentioned that speaks to you. It started off with a talk of Overwatch coming to Switch. I'm surprised it's taken this long. Maybe it's something with the processing power. Who knows? I, I don't know. I've, I think, Adam, did you play like two rounds of Overwatch then stop? Yep. And Matt, have you ever played Overwatch? Yeah, I played Overwatch fairly regularly for a few months. Yeah. I, I will say I'm in the exact same boat. But I haven't played it for at least two years. Yeah, I've been I've been out of the loop. I started playing it basically right after launch and made for, played for maybe five, four or five months or something like that. Yeah, and I've like I'm aware enough when like new characters and stuff come up, but I haven't actually played it in probably a year and a half. Um, I honestly I was planning on uh, getting it for Switch and kind of getting back into playing, um, except then I forgot that I kind of had to buy it again mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> at uh, at full price. Yeah, um, and also. There's no cross save uh, on your account between platforms. Mm. So if you're if you already have it on PS4, Xbox, whatever, even with um, Xbox, even with all their, as far as I know, interesting. Um, I was reading a bit into it and I didn't see anything that indicated that there was cross saves. Um, so you have to start over on a new account from scratch, which does kind of suck, especially if if you've 
I, I haven't, but if you've put money into another account, mm-hmm. it really sucks starting over from scratch. Yeah, I, I think... Like, brand new, I think the game is $40, and uh, on console, at least. And on PC, I know the, I, the game's a little bit cheaper. I believe brand new, it's $30. Mm-hmm. So I'll be curious to see what the price of this is, because I, I could easily see myself selling my Xbox One version, you know, getting 10 bucks back or whatever. Well, that's maybe even generous, but who knows. Um, but selling the Xbox One version and getting the Switch version, because, again, I pretty much always have my Switch on me, and that might be the place to do it. I agree with you, but it, it does really depend on the price. So is this going to be... I, I can't see it being 60 Right, it can't be the full price, or I guess eighty for us Canadians. But is yeah. this going to be forty? Is it going to be thirty? Is it going to be twenty because the game's so old? Uh, where is this going to be on the spectrum? I don't. We don't know what that is yet. If it's low enough, then go check it out. And for those of you who haven't played Overwatch but you like shooters in really any capacity, I would give it a strong recommendation. So I just checked on Nintendo's website. Um, now this includes three months of. Uh, Nintendo Online. Oh yeah, it is fifty dollars US. Fifty dollars US. So that's going to be like seventy dollars. I mean, is it cheaper if you already have Nintendo Online? That's the question. I don't know. Yeah. So like, I already have the year long subscription because it's not even that much. It's like twelve bucks a year or something like that. Like, it's isn't it? It's, it, I was like twenty bucks. It's fairly cheap. I forget what it actually is, but it's not very expensive. Yeah. So if you already have Nintendo Online, I wonder if they're going to make that cheaper. But yeah, I mean, Overwatch is just sort of one of those games that you should probably try it at least once it's you know taking the uh, i guess sort of it was the fortnite before fortnite where mm-hmm. it was what everyone was playing before yeah. fortnite really dominated and i like that it's more team oriented if that you're terrible at it you can just play a healer and you can kind of get brought up by the rest of your team and it's the characters are wildly different so i had a lot of fun with it mm. so it's a very well-made game if you like uh sort of team strategy shooters it's yeah. a good time it is a very good time yeah particularly if you have like friends <laughs> You know, that you can play with. It helps. It's way better playing with friends than solo. Yes. And I can imagine, like, you can probably do stuff with this that you could never do with uh, a console version or, like, a traditional console version, which is you can have, like, three switches in the same room and all be playing together on that way. And then you don't even need a headset. You can just be, like, literally talking to each other next to each Mm -hmm. other. That might be kind of fun. Okay. They moved on from that to Luigi's Mansion 3. I played Luigi's Mansion 1, skipped 2. 3 looks like, again, Switch Summer Stale. I'd probably grab it because it looks super cute and cheesy mm-hmm. um, but other than that if you like Luigi's Mansion you're probably going to be excited about that is that moving the needle on you at all Adam nope that's what I thought then uh, <laughs> I can't see myself getting this Kirby Castle Crashers clone um, but I did want to point it out because it has the name free to start never heard that one before yeah. but that's how it was described free to start Kirby uh, Crashers game so Again, you can watch the trailer if you want the full list of that. But again, if you say it's free to start, that means it's microtransactions in a Kirby game. Not super thrilled about that. Probably won't be getting it. Yeah. I like the terminology free to start instead of free to play. If it's Feels not actually free to play, it does feel more honest. I'm not sure that I like want that from a Kirby game. Yeah. But I do like that transparency, exactly. I suppose. Yeah, the points for transparency, but no points for actually uh, what I want to do it. Okay. So next up was Oberdin is coming to Switch. Adam, you're the, I believe, the only person who's played Oberdin in the room. Yes. Matt, you haven't played it? I have not. Okay, so we already own it, so I'm not going to buy it. I'll just play it on PC. But would that be the kind of game that would work well on Switch? Definitely. Yeah. Yeah, and in fact, talking about what we were talking about earlier, that would be a game I'd play in VR. Ah. 110%. That'd be a perfect sort of game for VR. So that would be good in VR. Yeah. Hmm. Well, it's coming to Switch. Again, I, they didn't release a specific price for that, but it can't be very expensive because the original wasn't very expensive. Yeah. And if you're a fan of puzzle games, I cannot recommend it highly enough. Yes. Okay, so then they, uh, we moved on to a little bit of Smash Bros. news. 
the first bit of it, I love it when they do this. They announced Banjo-Kazooie. They announced the release date, and it was whenever the release came out. It's not as if right I say, now. If I say today, then it doesn't actually mean today. Yeah. You know what I mean? But at the time they announced it, it was today. I love that. We're mm-hmm. just like, and we have a new thing. It's out right now. Love it. So I haven't played, I haven't even played any of the DLC characters other than like the Piranha Plant. I think my Smash Bros. playing dipped coincided strictly with Matt leaving. Because <laughs> it was like, who am I going to play with? So did mine, because I didn't have anyone to play any with, hey. pl- anyone to play with either. There you go. So we'll get, we'll play with each other. I got real excited when Joker came out and then have hardly played Joker. Yeah, exactly. I haven't even touched it. I still intend to play Persona and see what Joker's all about first. But they did announce the Banjo was out, like I just said, and uh, the next fighter, the fourth fighter in the fighter pack is Terry from Fatal Fury. Now, I did a little bit of research on Terry, because I'd heard of Fatal Fury, but I had no idea who Terry Bogard was. And basically, he's a Japanese person in the 80s idea of what an American was. And that's it. That's like what his, he looks like. His, that's exactly what it looks like. His hobbies include, like, eating cheeseburgers and watching baseball and stuff like that. Like, it's it's really overtly cheesy. Um, and I was kind of disappointed. Not just because I'm not a super huge Fatal Fury fan, but the same way I'd be disappointed if a Fire Emblem character came out and had another sword. It's like, man... We got Ryu, we got Lil Mac, and I feel like there's another one in there. Yeah. We need another. Yeah. Oh, we got Ken. Do we need another just good guy who's good at karate? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, that was my reaction in the cinematic when they revealed him, which was kind of a cool cinematic. But I was like, isn't that just Ken? Yeah. yeah. Don't we have this? Yeah. Don't we have two of them already? <laughs> yeah. But I mean, he's got to be in there for a reason. I mean, they're, they're ticking off a classic fighting game box. But again, was that box not already ticked off by Street Fighter? I don't know. I mean, when you get as many characters as they have, at some point it's going to get hard to not double up. True. But I still could use a few more quadrupeds. That's what I was hoping yeah. for. Like Okami, I think, would have been a better choice than, than Ken from Street Fighter. It's good that the next thing that we're announcing, the next thing that they announce is that they're releasing more fighters. So, again, we joked about it. They've trapped Zach Gray in a room. We don't know if that's the case, but it might be. Um, but, yeah, there's more fighters coming to Super Smash Bros. That makes sense because if it didn't and you're looking at um, Joker, hero from Dragon Quest, another sword fighter, yeah. who is the th- Banjo-Kazooie. Okay, that's great. Yeah. And uh, Terry... Not a great DLC lineup, I would say. No. I mean, it depends on who the the fifth one is, but I, I could see there being some disappointment if that was the only DLC we mm-hmm. got to this game. Yeah, if Terry was the last final big announcement, I think it would be met with a resounding, that's it? Yeah, yeah. there would be... I think he's fine to throw rich. in if you're also having a bunch more. Exactly. If he was actually yeah. the last one, I'd be really disappointed. Yeah. Uh, instead, I'm just a little bit underwhelmed. Yeah, exactly. Now, I do want to stay on this topic for a little bit. There's a fifth fighter coming, and we know there's more coming. Do we have any ideas for... I mean, we've already... Jo- I mean, okay, so I think Doom Guy fits more in with PlayStation All-Stars. Yeah. He would work yeah. way better. In- okay, so let's just throw him <laughs> Screw in. Screw that. I want him in Mortal Kombat. He would work great there, too. Uh, he would work way better in that franchise, so let's just throw him in there and keep him out of Super Smash Bros. I think that the fifth one literally... It genuinely could be Minecraft Steve. Yeah, I don't, and I don't think that would be a bad choice. No, they could find a way to make it work. Minecraft is super popular right now again, so that would make sense. What do we think might be up and coming for the next ones? I, if we lean back or roll back the clock to our predictions, we all thought there would be someone from the new Fire Emblem and someone from the new Pokemon game before we even knew what the new Fire Emblem new Pokemon game would be. So now that we do have a better idea, do we still think that? Yeah. I would be surprised if one of the two doesn't happen. Which one do you think is more likely? 
Probably Pokemon. Yeah. But I, yeah. I wouldn't I would not be surprised at all I'd put like a two thirds chance on having both. Yeah. See, the more I think about it, the more it doesn't really seem to be I mean, they haven't released that might also be why they haven't released the starters, because one of those starters is gonna turn into something they're gonna have at Super Smash Bros. Again, God, I hope it's some sort of quadruped thing, otherwise another you know, yeah. bipedal Pokemon won't be the best ball received and i know the smash bros community has it out for the uh, fire emblem community because there's so many generic sword fighters here's the problem who are they going to throw in there's basically like four main characters and uh spoilers for fire emblem uh, three houses one of them it turns out to be a bad guy yeah. so do you put the bad guy? spoilers again her in the game i mean she seems like the obvious choice i think she's generally i think anyway the most popular of the sort of three house heads Mm -hmm. i think she would work great if not for all of the backlash against you know bipedal sword wielding fire emblem characters even though she would have an axe that's the key so that i mean that's what i was thinking about i desperately want a fire emblem character in a game with a lance and honestly i would be happy if they like sacrificed corn you know like corn and crom can go yeah leave lucina in they're close enough it's his daughter and I mean, I think, Matt, you play with Corrin a decent amount, but yeah. Fates isn't the most popular game. No, although Corrin is actually quite mechanically different from most of the Fire Emblem Yeah, because he or she can turn into a, uh, a dragon, dragon, obviously. But, I mean, are you going to use Byleth? Because Byleth has a chain sword, or a whip sword, so to speak. Yeah. So you can have swords, you can have, like, chain swords, because Corrin's sword is like a... It's got like, that effect, like, it's like a chainsaw. Oh, yeah. And then you have a whip sword. It's still a sword. Yeah. So I don't particularly like the idea of Byleth being in the game, even though it seems most likely... Hmm. I'd love it for Demetri or Claude to be in, but how could you justify one over the other? Yeah, I yeah. think Claude would work the best mechanically, just to have something different. Have the, the archer. Interesting. Yeah, the archer. Yeah, but I would, from a marketing point, it seems stranger to put Claude or Demetri in over Byleth or Edelgard. That's just it. So I think, yeah, I would really like to have a, a bow knight or someone riding a wyvern. That would also be cool with Claude, and it'd be cool to have someone like riding using a lance like Demetri. But as you said. Edelgard was huge for the marketing of this game. The only part that's weird about it is once you've actually played the game, Edelgard kind of gets shafted. You know? Mm-hmm. Like in three, again, spoilers! In three of the four routes of Fire Emblem Three Houses. It doesn't end well for her. She's the bad guy. Yeah. And in her route, it's by far the shortest. I think the other ones are about 22 chapters long, yeah. and the Edelgard specific route is only 18. Oh. So... For the person they used heavily in all the marketing, they actually, what's the phrase? Like, they did my girl bad or something like that? They did her dirty. <laughs> did her dirty. They did yeah. her dirty. They did Edelgard pretty dirty. So are they going to try to redeem themselves by throwing her in Smash? It would be neat, interesting to have someone with an axe, that's for sure. Hmm. And it'd be interesting to have another girl. I think that would be another point for her. And she's got an affinity for magic, so they might throw some magic in there. But I'm really, I just don't feel confident either way. And I think if they put Byleth in, that would be a mistake. I'm hoping they put Rhea in. <laughs> That'd be interesting. Zedith. <laughs> Flane. Yes. I, I mean, I think they've really missed an opportunity. They did it a little bit with Corrin. You know, yeah. has some dragon moves. Um, but, like, you have people on horses. You have people on dragons. You have people on Pegasus. You have people that just are dragons. That's it, it's yeah. Like, there's so much opportunity, and they've sort of all done the same thing. Then, on the other hand, I kind of, I really like Edelgard. And I think she works well as a candidate to be put into the game. If I had to guess, I would say it would probably be her. I think she's the strongest candidate, but yeah. even then I don't feel 
particular. You're right. I would like if if some of the PlayStation All Stars or even the Digimon um, Battle Arena, whatever it was called, if they made a Fire Emblem version of it, I would play it without even thinking about it. There are so many of those characters, or even so many classes of characters that I think make sense mm-hmm. yeah. that we haven't had in Smash. That's what's so frustrating. I understand there's too many Fire Emblem characters in Smash, but of the ones that are there, they're too similar. Very similar. Yeah. If there was no like. Crom, Lucina, and like Roy, I'd say Edelgard, like Slam Dunk. Yeah. Um, but there is a Crom. There's, there's but they are. Yeah. They are. So. Yeah, there's four of the same character, and then Robin is sort of different, but again, has a sword, and Corrin is sort of different, but again, has a sword. Are they different enough? And Ike is sort of different, but again, has a bigger sword. <laughs> so I do see the frustration, and that's why it's like I desperately want more Fire Emblem characters in because I love it, but again, it just needs more variety. Please. Yeah. Please more variety. Yeah, if they put Edelgard in, I would cheer, and then I think I would read lots of salty comments. Yes, that's exactly what would happen. Do if we're if there's going to be a new Pokemon, do you think it's going to be one of the starters? Or do you think it's going to be someone brand new, a legendary? Will almost certainly be a starter. It yeah, because the two is. wolf yeah, legendaries probably don't make much sense. I don't think they would. I'd be very happy to see one of them. That would be interesting. But I, I'm assuming at this point it would be a starter final evolution. Going off absolutely nothing. Who do you think it's going to be in the? Do you think it's got to be the monkey because they don't have a grass starter in there? Or do you think they care? I hope it's not the fire one, but, you know, uh, historically, it's probably the fire one. Probably. Yeah, the bunny would probably do well. Whatever it turns into would probably do well. I'm going to say please the grass one. Yeah. It'd be cool to have a gorilla. I would, I think, yeah, agreed. The gorilla would be the most unique. But again, hey, our grass guy is a musical gorilla. Do we have any musical gorillas in Smash Bros.? (laughs) Oh, wait. Oh, crap. Yes, we do. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> One exactly. of the original seven or whatever was yeah. Musical Gorilla. So yeah. there doesn't seem to be a clear good answer. Like, I remember when Brawl came out, it was like, it's Lucario. It's absolutely yeah. Lucario. Mm-hmm. And we knew that for a fact going in. Yeah. And in this one, it's like, yeah, there's not really a clear answer. Because we haven't had a movie. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Or at least I mean, we haven't seen any of them yet either. Yeah. 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 That's, yeah but that's also suspicious that there's two months to come out and they still haven't released the starters. That might not be a coincidence. We'll see. Anyway, moving on. So, um, there was something... Well, I mean, there was Link's Awakening, which looks adorable. Love Looks Awakening, Link's Awakening. Haven't actually played the original. Might play this one. Love the art style. Fantastic. Thumbs up. Then there was something called Fire Emblem Tokyo Mirage, where the Fire Emblem characters were technically there, but they were borderline unrecognizable. Did you recognize them in the... Before they were to- you were told who they were, man? Hardly any of them. Yeah. And that game looked... No offense to them. Terrible. They look like gen- generic anime people. Yeah, I didn't like the game look at all. And then like they dance, and that's how they create their energy, which is called like performa or something like that. I'm like, oh my gosh, I cannot. If you like that game, power to you. But I cannot stay far enough away from that game. Didn't look perfectly great to me. Then they dropped. Uh, this is another big one, I think. Divinity: Original Sin 2 is coming to Nintendo Switch. Adam and I bought that game, played it for about two hours, realized this game is way too big to play when we weren't currently living in the house with the computer in it. Yeah. Um, but. If it works on Switch, this is one of the things where if the reviews come out and they're very strong, it might be an instant pickup. Because enough people that I respect have said this is an outstanding game that if it even functions on the Switch, I think it would make a ton of sense. Yeah. Do you guys know anything about this? Uh, Not a ton. It would be close to an instant pickup for me, honestly, as well. Because I already have a group of friends that regularly play Divinity. Yeah. And I just haven't been able to jump in on it. Um, So I was really happy to see the announcement and a really strongly consider picking it up fairly soon. Interesting. Adam, what about you? Yeah, I think so. I mean, I keep hearing that it's, you know, the the greatest Dungeons & Dragons simulator there is. Mm-hmm. Um, and especially now that I'm not regularly doing 
actual Dungeons and Dragons. It's much more appealing. Yes. I keep seeing it on Steam and it goes on sale and I'm like, it's twenty percent off. I'm gonna wait for forty. Yeah, exactly. If it goes if it's uh comes out on sale for Switch, I think it'll be an instant pickup. If it's yeah. full price for Switch, it might be a wait and see pickup. But yeah. it's definitely an eventual pickup. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Just out of raw respect for it. Okay, so they talked about Pokemon a little bit. Uh, we don't have too much time to go into Pokemon because they didn't reveal too much about Pokemon. Um, they went into how your character can be customized even before. Good. That should have been there. So you, yep. do, you don't really get any points for no. something yeah. that's expected in this day and age. Congratulations. Pokemon Camp looks like... Uh, remember that Hey You Pikachu game or whatever where Pikachu yeah. was like in the TV? Mm-hmm. It kind of looked like that. Like I'll be honest, the Pokemon looked really good. Like the sprites <laughs> yeah. looked really good running around the world. But it's like okay, so that's it's a waste the, of time. That's the new mechanic yeah. that I'll yeah. probably spend thirty minutes in their total and then forget about. Seems like the natural progression of Pokemon Me and then Pokemon yeah. Refresh or whatever exactly. it's called in the last one. All of those it's things yeah. absolutely yeah. is the natural progression of that. And then they revealed something that confused the heck out of me: uh, curry. That's the new game. That's the new uh, food thing that you can make for your Pokemon. Because they said curry is very popular in the Gala region. I'm like, if the Gala region is based off England. Is curry super popular in England? It is, actually. Yeah. It, is it is, actually? the most commonly eaten food in England. You are... Source from it. my English uncle. That <laughs> is unbelievable. The most commonly eaten... F- well, I take it back. Yeah. I thought that curry would be too spicy for English folk. <laughs> <laughs> Interesting. Okay, well, I totally it's, retract that. It statement. still seems like a strange include in the game yeah. for me. There's a curry dex. It, Yes. Yeah. I heard that. I was like, oh, so you can fill out your curry decks, but not your Pokemon. Let your Pokedex. Yeah. <laughs> Interesting decision, and Game like, Freak. Do, does it have any actual benefit whatsoever? Well, it gives you bonuses because similar to berries. And, oh, okay. Yeah, right. that so kind of stuff. something. It kind of reminded me of like Pokeblocks. Yeah. yeah. That's exactly from, what it is. Yeah. Yeah, Pokeblocks. Yeah, way back. So then they revealed two new Pokemon, one of which is a tea kettle Pokemon, who I thought they described very strangely. It's a ghost that lives in a tea kettle. Poltergeist. But it is, the, that was the cute part, Poltergeist. Yeah. Um, but it is the tea, and they said it has a unique flavor, and if it likes you, it'll let you drink it. I'm like, that's oh. really weird. <laughs> oh. I am phenomenally uncomfortable by this right now. So it's like, this might have been their attempt at Mimikyu, but it's like, ooh. Yeah, maybe the movie doesn't exist in the Pokemon universe, but I'm not going to willingly put anything called Poltergeist in my body. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> exactly. Oh, man. Yikes. And then there was a crane Pokemon. It looks like the water bird that you'll pick up to use fly and surf and stuff and then never use again. But it does have a unique ability where if it uses surf or dive, it gets a fish in its mouth. If it's attacked in this state, it will spit the fish out at the opponent. We don't know how much that attack does. It's, it's cute, but I... Neat. I'm always yeah. pro new abilities showing up. New abilities are cool, and mm-hmm. it's a nice and original, but again, these are the only two things you revealed, a creepy teacup and a crane that spits at you. Yeah. This is the best you got? Yeah. They both sort of, for me, seemed like mid-Pokedex filler yeah. that like no one ever lists as their most or least favorite. And and Pokemon has had some hard misses lately, so they needed, they need, I think they need, they need to swing for the fences more on this Nintendo Direct and get a big win, which they didn't. I don't think Pokemon Camp or the Courier, the new Pokemon, particularly wowed yeah. anybody. I haven't seen a lot of... Uh, I like the Poke Jobs thing. That's an interesting way to get experience now. Yeah. So that was a plus, but yeah, I agree with you. They need a big win and they haven't had it yet. They're still searching. Okay, since we're running a little bit out of time, uh, they look, they showed more of the Switcher. Which is the Witcher on Switch. Yes. Love that name. Apparently the game looks a little bit fuzzy if it's on playing to the TV, but looks actually pretty decent if it's played on the handheld. Make of that what you will. There's a brand new Mario and Sonic at the Olympic Games. My guilty pleasure game. It, it looked 
pretty good. It did look pretty good. I'll be quite honest good. with you. I'm probably going <laughs> to buy that. It's Most of the games will probably suck, and I'm probably going to enjoy it anyway. Yeah. Okay? that's It's honestly my guilty pleasure. Um, so, yeah. Nothing else to say about that one unless you guys are insanely into the Olympic Games. Uh, I mean, like, I'll, I'll give it a go. Like, I kind of am, too, and I was definitely also thinking that I'm going to get it. Yeah. yeah. Okay, so maybe we'll, like, pool our money and just get one copy and play it for a night and then never speak about it. We'll just <laughs> lock it in a room and be like, that didn't happen. You still they, play? You they still have play? the 100-meter dash. How do they have the 100-meter dash? Sonic is in this game. Yeah, but Mario's, like, really quick. <laughs> <laughs> he'll, he'll hit up a mushroom. <laughs> yeah. he how, often, how often do you still play curling? Uh, very rarely because it's on the Wii U now, unfortunately. But like the curling simulator is something I look back on fondly. Yeah, it was it was the best curling simulator I've ever played. And honestly, if there was ever like what's it, the Briar, if the Briar's ever on and everyone in my family's watching, I'll pull out curling. Yeah. You know, it's one of those things. And then uh, I mean, there was a little bit of Monster Hunter news they had at the end there. But the last big thing for me, because it's another guilty pleasure of mine, is the Rebel Collection for Assassin's Creed is coming to Nintendo Switch, featuring. Um, Assassin's Creed Black Flag, which I think will be the game that I've bought the most amount of times now. I bought it on PS3, I bought it on PS4, I bought it on Steam, and now I'm <laughs> going to buy it on Switch because I just love being a pirate, okay? <laughs> I will buy that game as many times as I have to. Perfect Dart, I know I bought three times. This The uh, Witcher, I'm about to buy three times, but Black Flag takes the cake with number four. <laughs> and I'm not even embarrassed, okay? You could just play Sid Meier's Pirates. We nope. have that. It's not as good. <laughs> <laughs> or are you just not as good at it? Both. Yeah. It's hard to beat that game, okay? It's very hard. I just like, and maybe if since it's re-released, they'll redo some of the achievements, and I'll finally be able to get my skeleton crew, because I've never actually achieved... Oh, you still haven't managed the that? ...the full 100% completion oh to get your skeleton crew, so I can just watch all Pirates of the Caribbean movies and play that, and then <laughs> feel good about myself. Matt, I know you watched the Nintendo Direct. Is there anything that you like that I missed here? Um, no, not particularly. I think we got covered everything that was uh, substantial oh, to me. There you go. Nailed it. Yeah, the, uh, I f- Adam, are you going to get a Switch anytime soon? Nope. So even the Switch Lite and the new Switch upgraded version with the new processor aren't enough to do anything for you whatsoever? No. So you're, okay. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm, I'm just, like, it, it's, I'm going to get one for Pokemon because I need one, but that's it. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Do you guys have any feelings, now that we've had a couple of weeks to reflect on in our final two minutes here, do you have any ideas where you want the DLC for Fire Emblem Three Houses to go? Uh, well, I've only beaten it once, so I it, it's hard to say because I don't have the full experience. But there are certainly probably questions that need answering. Mm-hmm. Do um, you think... Okay, let me, let me phrase it to you this way. Right now, no one path has, like... It's, there's no revelations. Yeah. No one path has the real answer. Would you even want a path with the real answer? I don't think I'd want an extra path. I'd want sort of a... Actually, you know what I want? I just decided what I want. What I want is... I want a uh, DLC that's in the past and rolls around your dad. Ooh. I want to know more about uh, Gerald. Gerald the Bladebreaker DLC. That would be fun. Matt, what do you want to see from the DLC of Fire Emblem? Um... Honestly, the part of the game that I enjoyed the most was the first half at school. Hmm. Um, anything that can kind of like expand on the school experience, I'm super down for. I really had a good yep. time yep, just doing too. the week-to-week school stuff. That was a lot of fun. I feel like the only way 
Because, I mean, it does kind of suck when you're playing the game and uh, you're just like, hey, Dimitri, we shouldn't be fighting right now. Like, we're on the same side. We have the same goal. I know you're just too crazy right now to go down. So I, 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 the reason I asked that question is because I waffle back and forth. I feel it would be a little bit disingenuous to have a, a path where everything's perfect because the yeah. game is so beautifully gray in moments. Yes. But maybe they can do it sort of like a more traditional RPG, like, a, like what Mass Effect was supposed to be, where if you have... You've recruited all the other characters, then maybe all the characters from the house of whoever you're fighting can be like, hey, Dimitri, we're all the former Blue Lions. Like, we're not that bad. Come to our side. And they can have some sort of very late in the game split off for all the paths. Because the game does have the one central bad guy. So there does seem to be a way that they could write it where all the main characters focus on just taking out those who slither in the dark. Yeah. That's true. Like, those guys don't really get enough time, pun intended, in the limelight. No. Um, so, yeah, it'd be, you, could, you could certainly do that. Have an alternate future where they rise up and become more of a threat and then... Oh! Wow! What a, like an XCOM-type deal. Yes. Where you fail, and then you see the characters way far in the future. And then maybe... Oh, they get brand new redesigns because it's like a 20-year time scale instead of a 5-1. Dimitri has neither eye. (gasps) (laughs) We're not going to get that, but that's really cool. (laughs) Okay, well, on that awesome note, we're going to finish. So next week, we'll be back to our regular time, 5 to 5.30. There will be a regular scheduled TV talkers from 5.30 to 6. In the meantime, enjoy your first week back at school and take it easy, guys. If you're a sports fan in Canada, you know Jayon Wright and Dan O'Toole. They're on your TV nightly on SportsCenter, deftly providing the night's highlights, trending stories, and segments with their trademark humor, dry wit, and entertaining style. Come join the rest of the rabid sports fans in the audience at a live taping for their popular podcast, taking place at the Garrick on Saturday, November 2nd. Tickets are available now at eventbrite.ca, starting at $29.50 plus fees. Don't miss a live taping of the Jay and Dan podcast featuring Canada.